Hey everybody, welcome to Tech Thoughts, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is episode 5, and my co-host just finished roasting me shortly before this, so uh, this is going to be a good one. Mm. Uh, hello, I'm Jade, I'm the smart one, and I'm not done roasting you. And I'm Art, I'm the cute one, and apparently I'm not done being roasted, which is unfair, because I'm cute. That's why I'm roasting you, you're really hot. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute. So, this is episode 5, which means that after this, there are actually only two more episodes left in the privacy arc. Uh, I'm preemptively knocking on wood in the hopes that we don't end up having to split episodes into more parts again, like we were doing before. Oh, actually, I was assuming there'd be many more than, than just two more episodes at this rate. We literally just added another topic. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna be here for a while, guys. I hope you enjoy learning about how to secure your stuff, because apparently it's all we talk about these days. Mm-hmm. I hope you're also ready to just hear me, hear me like gawk at my partner here. But go on. Uh, I'm doing my best. You're, you're great. You're great. Um, if you are interested in hearing us talk about something that isn't security or privacy, or if you're just interested in watching Jade gawk at me more, um, this time with uh, face cam, uh, you can come to our Instagram. Uh, we are live uh, 7:30 Eastern time at Tech Thoughts Podcast on Insta. Um, PM. I didn't. Didn't I not say? No. You're, really, you're you're stressing the PM this time. No, we're live at seven thirty in the morning because we're crazy. That's not impossible. Is the problem? <laughs> you gotta mention it. Seven thirty PM at Tech Thoughts Podcast, or you can go to our website, which is Jade. Our website is breadnet.xyz/podcast. If you ca- it's bread like the food, net like the thing you catch bugs with, slap together dot x y z like the last three letters of the alphabet slash podcast. And I really hope that you can see how a podcast is spelled at this point. But if you can't, I'll spell it this time. It's p o d c a s t. Switched it up for once. All right. <laughs> so, uh, we spent a lot of episodes uh, throwing around this uh, this little word. Uh, uh, and that word is encryption. Um, and and we actually decided to not go into it in the previous episodes because we decided that it deserved its own episode, uh, which means that, Jade, you finally get to talk about what encryption is. So what is encryption? Ah, well. Uh, hmm, hmm. Encryption. Let's see. I guess the easiest way to put it is you take a message, which we'll refer to as plain text. You, uh, you do some stuff to it. You slap some math on it. Uh, and you turn it into ciphertext, which is something that looks like random, useless information that no one can do anything with, but actually represents your original message. Okay. So, what's the relevance of this? Um, the relevance would be that this is the way that we ensure um, privacy, or at least the the idea that when you're doing things on the internet, um, the the messages and the information you're sending and receiving are only for your eyes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But then in that case, like, I guess, yeah, no, I guess really I don't have a better way of asking this question than just like, so, so how does it work though? Hmm. Um, again, sadly the answer is math, but I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you the, the broad strokes of it minus the math because I don't need to go here talking about prime numbers and, uh, and all of that jazz. Um, so, um, I'm going to use a couple of broad, uh, I'll say, categories to talk about encryption here, uh, because I don't want to get into the details and all the fine, like, little, little versions of things. 
Um, so right now, uh, I'll start talking about uh, symmetric encryption, um, which which um, you kind of use daily if you have a uh, a, a smartphone. Um, so in, uh, yes, so so symmetric encryption. Um, all it is is that um, so the client in this case would be you uh, and the server, so like a website um, or or any other kind of resource, um, both have a key to this lock. Right, that's how I'm gonna put it. You both have a key to this lock. You put messages in it, you lock it. Server's like, all right, unlock, open, message. And that's kind of how you transfer things uh, for the most part. Um, symmetric key encryption is is the way most file encryption works. So most phones by default are encrypted. You might not know this, um, but like Android devices have been since like, an, like Android version nine. Um, I'm pretty sure iOS has had it for a while. Um, okay, so encryption unlike some of the other things we've talked about uh so far in the season encryption is less of like a thing that you do and more of a thing that is well it seems it seems it seems like it's a lot more just like accessible by like default than something that you have to purposefully yeah um sort of um so you can purposefully like encrypt things but we're, we're not quite there yet okay. um Yes, but um, no, you you are correct. Right now, the way the way encryption works for most people is that it just kind of happens in the background. There's no, there's no user. There's not usually a user side like amount of work to do. Um, and also, symmetric encryption is probably a thing you've seen before. Um, it's how the like you know for people who have watched this movie or people who just like World War Two and I, and I don't mean like World War Two. I mean know about World War Two. No one likes World War Two. Um, the German Enigma machine uh, worked on the principle of symmetric encryption. Um, there were two keys that um, basically people who wrote messages and received them had the same information on how to on how to both transform the messages into something that looks like random garbage and then undo it. Um, using specific machines. But that's a form of symmetric key encryption. Another form that you may have heard of is um, the Caesar cipher. Oh, I love ciphers. Oh, uh, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to turn? Uh, so the Caesar cipher, and full disclosure, I only know this because I was way, way too obsessed with spies when I was younger, um, is a kind of substitution cipher where basically you, like if you take the alphabet, um, you take the alphabet and you shift it. So basically, like, if you're using the letter B uh, and you're using a Caesar cipher with, like, a shift of four, um, then the letter that the, then the letter you'd actually be using is F. And that's how you, like, translate between the two. That makes... Mo- that, that sort of made sense, right? Yes. Um, I, I think you are correct. Um, substitution ciphers aren't really used these days, but the basic principle applies. Like, if you, you need to know um, the amount you're shifting for the message to make sense. That's all it is. Um, so good, so good work on your explanation. Um, Thank you. See, I do know some things. You know a lot of things, but they're not usually podcast content. That's that's like the basic way I think of symmetric encryption. Um, and we we certainly don't use like the Caesar cipher anymore because it's very easy to figure out how it works. Yeah, yeah, cracking it would be easy to anyone who understands like the language you are shifting. Yeah. Yep. Um, cool. So instead, today we use things such as. Um, the AES algorithm, DES, Blowfish. Um, you may have heard of AES. It's uh, it's all over branding these days. Uh, the NSA pushes it as like their recommended um, encryption, like cryptographic algorithm, which is why I don't like it very much. But you know, um, so yeah. Uh, so how do the two sides, I guess, 
communicate with each other? I, re- I, re- I really wouldn't know a better way of asking that. But like, how do you, how do you, if the same cryptographic key, if the same cryptographic key is used, like, how do you, how do you know? Like, literally, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know what? How do you know if it's, if it's, if it's safe? Well, how it... do both, how do both sides know what key they're supposed to use? Well, they're supposed to negotiate it. They're supposed to tell each other. Um, and I suppose the problem is, like, I suppose what you're trying to get at here is uh, trying to figure out how to do that safely uh, or securely, I suppose, is a better way to put that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is this key exchange method called the Diffie-Hellman key exchange. Uh, uh, it's shortened to DH a lot. That's, that's how I think of it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it was, its entire purpose was a way to do public key exchange safely. Um Okay, so like, so like all cryptography, it's it's math. Um, but I guess a way you can think about it is like buckets of paint. Um, so let's say you have two people who want to talk to each other securely. Um, they both say that hey, we're gonna use uh, we're gonna use the color red in our mix publicly, um, but then individually only say like, and then individually use like one person can use yellow, one person can use blue to like mix it up a little bit. Um, the, the way Diffie-Hellman works is that you can use math to extract your particular key from the information. You already know what the public one is, which means all you have left is the other person's information. Interesting. Yes. That sounds really cool. I, I don't actually know what smarter thing to say other than that sounds really cool. That's fine. Um, it's really cute how you light up, actually. Um, and then there is, um, and now moving away from symmetric encryption, um, there is public key crypt- uh, cryptography um, works where um, there is a public and a private key mm-hmm. for, for the sender and receiver of a, of a message. The idea is that um, there is someone who wants to receive a message from you in a safe way will give out their public key. Um, using that public key, you, the someone who wants to send them a message, can take it. Uh, use it to encrypt a message, turn it into ciphertext using that key. That can only be undone through use of the original, per- the the other person's private key. So only they can see the message. Yes, it's 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 kind of like I'm mailing you a locked box, uh, a box with a lock that has not been locked yet. You put things in it, you lock it. I have the key. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Okay, and of course the way this works is through complex math, which I will not go into. Um, but um, if you've heard of RSA, that is that is what it does. RSA is a public key cryptographic system, um, and it works using prime numbers. Like I mentioned, I don't want to go into the specifics, but I will link an article if you're interested uh, on our website. So this is all really cool, um, even if there are a bunch of mathy parts that we can't quite get to explaining. But if it, especially since we talked about how for a, and, and for a lot of things like phones this is just the default how does this matter to us in a to like the average consumer in a practical sense um okay so how about this uh, i'm sure by now in in various marketing for things you've heard of the term or rather you've heard of the phrase end-to-end encryption yeah i hear it that, that that's that's I, that's something i do hear i do hear get th- thrown around a lot okay so end-to-end encryption is like the combination of two of two concepts, which are client-side and server-side encryption. Um, as a quick, quick, quick way to put it, client-side encryption is use any method of your choice to encrypt your data um, and then send it to wherever you're storing it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, only you know how you encrypt it in the first place, that making, that making it client-side. Um, mm-hmm. Server-side encryption um, is 
once you send data to, say, Google, they encrypt it on their servers. So hypothetically, if someone stole a hard drive from them, they wouldn't really be able to see what's on it. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Right. And end-to-end encryption combines both of those things. How? Um, so end-to-end encryption uh, combines both of those things in a way that only both sides of like both final targets of a of a message or conversation or whatever are are the ones that can see what's in there um so something that implements end-to-end encryption um would imply that no one not even say google if you're using a google messaging service can tell what you're talking about just you and the other person at the end okay yeah so i can see why that would be like a big draw because it means that like only the people who are supposed to be seeing the message can see the message yes why isn't it why doesn't just everything use it then? Um, one, it's it's kind of intensive, and two, we've already talked about how companies love selling your data. Um, so yeah, let's be real. Fair enough. Yeah, companies like selling your data, um, but not not to say that we haven't we don't use encryption often. So ways that you just kind of use encryption these days are when you visit websites and they have like HTTPS in front of them, um, they're using something called TLS encryption. It's a, it's a little algorithm. So, so the way TLS encryption works, I say for the 15th time, but no one will know that except for you who are listening now. Um, basically, um, first thing you do is that, um, the client and the server kind of send each other a hello message of some sort. Um, the server sends like what kind of encryption, they support what kind of standards they support, what kind of algorithms they support, um, and also like their certificate um, that is then checked against like a um, a public database. So like uh, the reason TLS encryption like works and is like verifiable is that there are uh, like public stores of like servers certificates. Like if you've heard of a uh, Let's Encrypt, um, they're yeah. they're a free service that does that. Uh, Komodo does it. A lot of companies do. Google does it. Google has their own trusted store. Um, but yes, you, you check that first. Um, the client the sends sends a message to the server is like, hey, I want to use, I would like to use this as my as my secret. The client sends uh, the secret they want to use. The server takes that, combines it with their certificate in some manner of their choosing. Um, and then from that point, because you two have your own kind of special secrets, you can talk to each other safely-ish. Um, uh, TLS also lets you authenticate each other using private key cryptography. Um, and messages have integrity checks, so um, using what's known as a, a message authentication uh, a message authentication code, um, which is kind of generated from messages sent and a predefined code, meaning that when all the math is happening in the background, if for some reason um, that Mac has been altered in some way that's not expected, then you know the message has been altered or is perhaps malicious. That sounds. It sounds like it would be like hella secure i really no it is it is yeah um tls primarily uses symmetric key encryption for most of its data sending um because the thing i did not mention before was that private key cryptography is is cpu intensive in comparison symmetric is almost free the math is very simple and there's not much to worry about private key requires a little more a little more on the cpu cycle scale okay yeah that makes sense yeah um, other ways um, that encryption can be used is through the standard known as PGP, which is also known as pretty good privacy. Um, You're kidding. That's not actually what that's called. No, no, it's really called pretty good privacy. I, I'm serious. You can go look it up if you want while I keep talking. I love that. Go on. Uh, <laughs> pretty good privacy is a, a um, kind of a solution for, for uh, quote, signing things digitally, again, using, uh, using the, pri- the, the methods of private key cryptography. Um, mm-hmm. um, 
encrypting and decrypting emails, which is kind of the way I would assume most people who might stumble onto this may have heard about its usage. Um, in fact, the, 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 the service ProtonMail uh, uses PGP in the background as the way they encrypt their emails. Um, but you can also use it to encrypt files and disk partitions and really anything. It's just, it's just an open standard for cryptography. Wait, so does that mean that something like Gmail doesn't encrypt your emails? I mean, yeah, I know we hate Google, but the answer to the question. Technically speaking, uh, Gmail emails uh, in particular uh, are definitely server-side encrypted, meaning that, like, again, on the Google end of things, they should be secure from people trying to break into them uh, to a degree. Um, and emails are shared through TLS. Um, yeah, emails are shared through TLS, but once they reach their destination, they're already decrypted because the server is expected to have it. So that, So at the end of the day... If Google wanted, they could see what's in your emails. So yes, they're they're encrypted. They're just not encrypted at the same standard that PGP is. Got it. Right. Um, okay. So then, on a similar note, what about like I remember that in one of the previous episodes you mentioned that like SMS, like text messaging, isn't encrypted. Are there any? Is there any form of messaging service that is? Well, yes. Um, most most services you use, uh, you can you can almost guarantee they use TLS by default. So okay. again, um, messages will make it to the server side destination safely. And then for most messaging servers, that means they go from the server to the, to the, your other clients. Um, so in this case, like you can think of discord if you want, um, you know, discord, discord is a perfect example because they have their own like server structure. So it should help. Um, you go to a discord server, you send a message, everyone on that discord server then receives a message too, because it made it to the server. Right. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, but also it's not, it, it's encrypted, but it's not end-to-end -end encryption. And, and as I've just mentioned, if you don't trust corporations with your information, once they make it to that server, you might not want them to be able to see it themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. So are there any that are end-to-end -end encrypted? Yes. Um, for, there's, there's Signal, uh, an application you can get for your phone um, that works off your phone number only as a, a way of, like, quote, adding contacts. Um, but the way the protocol works... The way, the way that the signal works is through a lot of symmetric encryption. Um, we just talked about the Hellman. It basically uses like a, like a, a roided up version of it is how I'm going to put that. Uh, at that point, it uses symmetric encryption. But, but the way it uses the Hellman, instead of being with the server, is with each individual um, client. So, so um, the clients are negotiating their own Diffie Hellman parameters and then their own symmetric key encryption parameters. Um, as they connect to each other. All that Signal is doing is telling people in your contacts list, list that, hey, this person's available to start doing this process. And then Signal just does the work in the background for you. So it's not like, it doesn't, it's, it's not really like a middleman. Like there's nothing being stored on like their servers. No, the only thing they're storing at most would be your phone number. Wow. Yeah. That sounds great for the paranoid. I mean me? Um, but yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, and of course there are, there are other services that have implemented what's known as now known as the Signal Protocol. Um, Facebook claims to use it in Facebook Messenger once uh, you turn on, uh, I guess, off the record mode or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. um, WhatsApp apparently has that now. I don't. I, the 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 issue is that you still have to trust that the company. Yeah, you have to trust the company that's implementing these things because they're closed off and not open source software the same way that the Signal Protocol is and the way Signal works. Um, you, you have to trust that they just like like you have to trust that they're doing what they say they're doing. Yes. Uh, which 
I guess maybe in the future we could do an episode on why you probably shouldn't trust Facebook either. But um, I think I think that one's probably a little more common knowledge than Google. Yeah, fair enough. Another messaging application that has end-to-end encryption is Tox. Um, it's this peer-to-peer instant messaging service. There's no central server. The way it works is very similar to the way Tor works. Um, we have not yet talked about Tor, but we will get to it in a future episode. Um, the basic way Tox works is that no no single user has, like, there is no server. Basically, every user using it uh, is part of the greater server, is a way to put it. Right. Interesting. It is, so... It's communism for computers. Understood. I'm on board. So yes, we're, we're coming to a close. So to, to quickly point out, um, while we did say that encryption is a thing that just kind of happens to you, um, that sounds really bad, but it's a good thing, I promise. <laughs> um, you know, encryption is a thing that normally just happens to you. You can, you can choose to encrypt uh, files and things, like I mentioned earlier, using some lovely tools. And this is where we segue to our sponsor. <laughs> this is where we segue to our sponsor. I don't know who makes encryption tools, but I'm still going to sound like Linus. Linus Tech Tips, Mr. Tech Tips, who we want on our show very badly. Or Riley. <clears throat> but. Please. We will settle for Riley. <laughs> He's not settling. Um, if, if, if perchance you are concerned that um, someone will steal, like, your, your computer, like, your laptop or things like that, um, things you can use to secure your data to make it completely inaccessible to people who steal your things, um, BitLocker if you're running Windows, um, uh, Mac OS has its own disk encryption thing. Check your settings. Um, it doesn't have a name, which is why I'm not naming it. Um, uh, is a free tool called Veracrypt. Uh, is technically one called TrueCrypt, but technically speaking, Veracrypt is built off of TrueCrypt, but they don't still exist. Um, if you're using Linux, DMCrypt is a thing built into your operating system that you can use for the same purpose. Um, but if you're using Linux, you probably don't need me to explain that part. I love how a recurring joke on the show at this point is if you're using Linux, you probably know what you're doing, so... As someone who's using Linux, yes. <laughs> As someone who isn't using Linux, absolutely not. You're fine, you're fine. Clock! And now that we're... And uh, now that the clock has gone off and we are definitely at the end of our time, um, I will say that one of the biggest reasons that we wanted to do an episode on encryption, um, even though it is one of those things that, like we said, sort of happened, just happens to you, um, is because uh, we both thought, um, I think it's fair to say this, Jid, that uh, it's really important to know what encryption is, because despite the fact that it's this thing that just sort of happens, um, it is also a thing that is uh, kind of uh, under attack, um, which is concerning, considering it's the thing that, as we said, basically guarantees your internet privacy, but uh, that doesn't stop our government. <laughs> No, no. As a and just to quickly tell you what we'll be getting into next episode, we will indeed be touching upon the overreaches of government uh, in the land of technology, including the current attack on encryption, which is disguised as a whole nother kind of law. Uh, and it's called Earn It. If you want to do your own research before we release the episode, and we'll be talking about things like Earn It and other examples of government overreach, like uh, Sesta Fosta and Kappa. What would what, 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 be settled? I don't know what... Yeah, Kappa V2. I don't know what it's called. Um, Electric Boogaloo? uh, (laughs) Which you might have seen uh, semi-recently if you watch a lot of YouTube, and you you might have seen a lot of YouTube uh, content creators talking about it. So, yeah, we'll be be touching on that next episode. In the meantime, between now and then, if you're interested in more content from us, you can catch us at our after show, which is live, 7.30 
p.m. ET on our Instagram at Tech Thoughts Podcast. I did it right that time, Jade. You too. Or, <laughs> oh, you look so proud of me that I can't even be like petty about it. Okay. Or you can check out our website for more information on these episodes. Our website, I'm just going to say it for the sake of Jade this time, since she seems so annoyed by having to say it every episode, is breadnet.xyz slash podcast. And if you don't want to type it in, you can check out our Instagram, which has a link to it. Or if you're using Apple Podcasts, there's, there's a button for it. <laughs> so yeah, see you guys then. Bye. Bye.